Hello, and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to liveaboard cruising. So we're really excited. You guys hopped on the phone. We totally miss you and um, wish we could both be sailing together this this season. But it's nice to catch up on video. Um, wanted, to talk, wanted to talk to you about um, diesel versus electrical. There's a lot of conversations about that. And, um, you know, you've been on our podcast before, uh, Vu and Bella from Blue Saga. And yeah, we're just really excited to kind of learn from your own experience about the electric engine adventure. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely been an adventure for sure. Um, So uh, I don't know, uh, you got any particular questions, but I'll I'll start off with, uh, you know, we are super passionate about this uh, electrification process that's happening in almost all transportation. So from starting from cars, uh, you know, boats are coming along, coming along pretty well. And then of course, even planes. So we're pretty excited about that and technologies around it. So we've been an early adopter and trying to help sort of foster and move it forward. And we're glad to sit here and talk to people about, you know, electrifying your boats. Cool. Yeah. So what made you decide to do that in the first place? I mean, you kind of, you kind of put a context around it, but what was the real decision and trigger? I mean, we, like, uh, back in, I think, 2010, we started converting, you know, we switched over to electric cars. And the experience around electric cars was so much more simple, and uh, and the usability of it, like, just from day to day, it's kind of, the, uh, you know, uh, ease of use, the... the, the Simplicity uh, of it. Yeah. Everything makes life a little easier, actually. Yeah, maintenance, you know, the pleasure of driving it. Everything was just overall better for us. And so when we thought about converting into uh, buying a, a boat, uh, we wanted to also think about what was uh, converting, also having an electric boat as well and seeing what was possible at the time. This was probably about seven years ago we started that process. Um, and so I think we're really early in the journey. I don't think at that point many people were actually considering electric boats. Uh, even the company we went with, with our propulsion, Ocean Boat, was a fairly young company back then as well. And so it was a very nascent space and it was a, it was a, you know, ordeal to get everything built and, uh, and have an electric boat for sure. And what year was that? So we started about seven years ago now. Is, uh, so about 2015 is when we started the investigation process, trying to find builders, trying to find uh, you, know, uh, you know suppliers uh, for different components. Um, that was 2015. We officially went into contract on the boat, I think, in 2016. 2016, and it took you know essentially three years from that to build. So we got received the boat in 2019. And so roughly the time frame. And back then, back then, were there any manufacturers offering electrical options or none at all? There's this, actually it's the same as pretty much the same players today, and they've they've grown a lot. So uh, Torquedo is probably one, probably the more of the high end, high power solution, and then you got Ocean Bolt is kind of that forty five foot and under kind of yacht solution uh, for electric propulsion on sailboats, uh, and those are the two main ones. And there's now you know array of different smaller newer companies come on they're offering interesting solutions um, around you know around the marine industry is always tricky because you know you gotta you know trust in the company it's gonna be reliable or not and so 
Uh, my general tendency even today is I think I would go with Ocean Bore Tokido as solutions uh, and, and keep an eye on some of the other uh, upcoming uh, you know, companies. Cool. And, and and among the major boat manufacturers, I mean, nowadays you see maybe it's they're offering some electrical options. But at the time, did you look at any kind of boat manufacturer yeah. that was not existing? Like, I mean, there was the technology was there, but were they offering it at the time? Uh, for sure not. So basically, we had contact. You know, like, I don't know how many. Like, uh, probably like three or four of the top brands at the time. You know, you imagine you can imagine the big producers of, of sailboats and catamarans. And they pretty much all said no because they would have to retrofit and redesign, engineer, and it's, it's not a, I can understand from the risk perspective. It's a lot mm -hmm. of work and a lot of risk, and the technology was very you know uh, very early on, and so that's why we went on on the path of essentially building a custom boat at that time, partnering mm -hmm. up with a boatyard and design team, uh, and so and that's how we got the boat built, uh, and you know the blue saga as it is today. So just uh, just to ground the conversation before we talk about the actual system you implemented, um, what was the size of your boat and how did you want to sail? Yeah, I think that's always, I think that answer the thing you need to ask, ask, uh, ask yourself an answer before you buy a boat. And it doesn't matter if it's diesel or electric, whatever else it may be, is, uh, is what, how, you want to, how you want to sail and uh, what do you want to do on the boat. And so for us, we had thought, at least seven years ago, we thought, uh, Four to five foot was kind of the optimal size for short-handed sailing vessel. So we targeted that as kind of the size. Uh, we we knew very early on that we wanted a kind of a fast, lightweight performance boat. And so we went with you know dagger boards, narrow hulls, uh, and reduced as much weight as, as we could. So we had a lot of carbon in the boat. So that was kind of the basic spec of the boat. But we also wanted to have it be comfortable, and so you know we we designed it in a way that we we feel like it's very much like a kind of a modern loft you can imagine anywhere in Scandinavia or something like that. And so we kind of put all those aspects together: a comfortable living, fast uh, performance boat that is eco friendly. It was kind of our you know design uh, philosophy around the boat at the time. Mm -hmm. And now then, we might go a little bigger. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> so how? So what? How did you envision sailing, like uh, circumnavigation, coastal sailing? Uh, yeah, our original our original plan was, uh, you know, three years uh, sailing, you know, a trip uh, and uh, tr circumnavigating in three three and a half years or something like to kind of get rough. You know, people go on a journey and they end up going for 17 years. But we kind of initially thought maybe our starting point would be like three, three and a half years or something like that. And then maybe we look for something else. We're actually now, of course, we're into our fifth year of traveling and our third year, past our third year of ownership. And we haven't gone very far. So <laughs> plans change, things change, life changes. And so we just kind of adapt to it. But, you know, we've had a really great experience on the Blue Saga and uh, in the our experience on the electric boat has been phenomenal. So we're happy yeah. with it. Cool. Yeah, we 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 decided to quit calling things plans and and just call yeah. them ideas. Um, exactly. <laughs> so they don't become concrete and ha you have expectations. Uh, okay, so maybe give us a high level summary um, of the system, and then you know specific details where appropriate. And just before, like, yeah. so um, you ended up finding a yacht architect, like a naval architect, to design your boat. Yeah. Was was it challenging at the time to find somebody who would be on board to build an electric boat, or or were they interesting with the challenge? 
Uh, I think, so there's a couple of things. One is that at the time, these guys, uh, the, the place we went with is uh, a collective of guys, uh, young, like 30-something, uh, up-and-coming uh, naval architects. Uh, and they had concept design already in place. And we saw the concept and we liked how it looked. And we contacted them. And they had designed it to be a, uh, a concept that was meant to be just a fast uh, coastal cruiser. Uh, and so we came with a, hey, we want to make sure it's environmentally great and we want it to be circumnavigating. And then we put it kind of in there how we would like to live our, in terms of our, like how we like to live our lives on the boat. And so we kind of put, added that into kind of the, the brief and then we modified the boat and, you know, basically what the Blue Slog is today is what we joint effort was about. But really a lot of the basic looks and the boats came from yacht, the Yacht Design Collective team. And, and I mean, were they on board? We always he on board with the electrical side of it. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys, these guys are super innovative. Like I said, I think it comes because they're they're so young. They're not like these 50, 60 year old you know naval architects that've been around forever. <laughs> and they were willing to you know when we talked, you know, electric uh, propulsion, you know, more solar. They were talking about like even at the end of the process. I remember we we're talking about like not using, you know, the, uh, you know, epoxy or using like the now, you see a lot more yachts, like the natural resins and stuff like that, natural fibers. So kind of everything was on the table in terms of construction. Mm -hmm. uh, some of those things we talked about, we're like, ooh, it's kind of early. We, we don't want to be the absolute first one. We're already taking some risks, some spots already. We don't mm -hmm. want to be the first on everything. And so um, that was, I mean, these guys are open to everything. And, I, you know, they're still, they're still great guys and in innovating. On, on yes. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So, do you want to dive into the system you ended up setting up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, we always call it electric boat, but officially, it's a it's a hybrid solution, meaning we have a diesel generator to back up the electric system. Uh, so, our propulsion is all electric, uh, and uh, it's managed by a uh, BMS that manages a uh, roughly 19 kilowatt house ba uh, propulsion battery. We have a roughly another four kilowatt for house battery. They're all lithium. Um, everything on our boat is electric, so we don't have two fuel sources. So, meaning, so you're cooking and stuff, it's all electric, microwaves, ovens, all electric. And so we don't have like, you know, a propane tank or anything like that. So that was kind of the base uh, for our kind of like uh, the backbone of energy for our boat was electric's gonna be the main thing. Uh, it's gonna be backed up by diesel. Uh, and we try to live off mainly solar and uh, during summertime. So uh, that's generally kind of the kind of energy solution uh, system on our boat. Everything else uh, you can imagine, it's very similar to most most boats today. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, our boat is basically a, a fiberglass um, uh, carbon force boat. And then all of the major pieces like the masts, the four beams, the dagboards, some of the target stuff are carbon. So construction-wise, it's a mix of you know traditional glass and foam and carbon. Um, so I think it's kind of even innovative from that perspective, and they were pushing an envelope on that part of it. Uh, and the and then the control system to our boat, you know, we, uh, we I think at the time we we opted for the kind of the performance, you know, racing, you know, hardware like uh, BNG. So our premature were outfitted with all BNG gear from the chart plotters to the radars and. So, you know, forward scanners and all that kind of stuff. 
And then our, uh, I think it's kind of innovative for us, but our size is a full electric bus system, meaning, uh, you know, we don't have like all these big switches and stuff like that throughout our boat. We actually have all digital switches that you can trigger on and off. Uh, and they even, you know, they'll toggle on a manual switch as well, which you can in severe cases re-toggle again. So pretty innovative from that. It reduces, you know, like uh, wire runs throughout the boat. Uh, so, uh, pretty innovative system there for both our side. Usually those are you know, usually larger motor yachts. You just have the kind of systems, but it was kind of nice to have it on our boat as well. Mm-hmm. All this stuff costs a little bit of money. So, you know, you kind of you kind of balance what your your budget is, but we were able to, uh, you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. So on the trade-offs, um, because obviously like, you know, the, um, you, you know, you add battery for the house and that's fine. You know, you can measure these pretty easily, but um, then you're like, okay, how much do I want to be able to, to run my boat with the electrical engine? And so like, you know, you said you, you set a certain amount of batteries for that. And, you know, there's the weight, there is the cost and the weight impacts the performance. So how did you guys work this out and come up to like a number what would be satisfactory to you guys? Um, well, it's hard, you know, because no one at the time was doing anything like this. And so we kind of, you know, it's kind of a dart. It's sort of mm-hmm. dart uh, and, and hope that we hit the right target. Mm-hmm. The, the, and nothing's perfect, the, right? Like it's always yeah. trade-offs. It's a boat, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I think it comes back to, I think what you said earlier is like, it doesn't matter what boat you buy, diesel electric, it's like, what do you, how you want to use this? That's what you got to answer for yourself. And so when we started, we did a series of models. And, and so we were, remember, we we're supposed to be offshore and surfing navigating. So we had models sort of like, oh, you know, we're fully offshore, how how long we expect to sit, uh, motor on a, a particular day, how much energy we're going to use for cooking, how much our energy uses for electronics. So we did model for that. We did model for like when you're short anchor. When you're, you know, we still did models like four or five or six different models. Mm-hmm. Then we looked at it, does that feel comfortable for us for how we want to use the boat? And then you know we became the you know then we specified uh, you know the solar and propulsion that we the the batteries that we have. Uh, you know, there's also cost trade-offs and all that kind of stuff that factor into yeah. that as well, and and weight. Uh, in general, so basically that's what I think you should always do, no matter what boat you buy, is figure out how you want to use it. And for electric boat, I think there's this added cost of really focus on the energy usage throughout the different uh, usage envelopes and seeing that would meet. I mean, it's going to always be a guess for, for most people because they don't exactly always know, especially if this is their first boat. Um, but it's you know, a reasonable exercise to do it to understand if you're within the realm of how you're going to use the boat. So if you do that exercise of power consumption over a day or whatever, how you want to do it, and then figure out how much battery, how much solar you need, or how much regeneration you need from electric. Um, yeah, I think that's that's generally it um, for how we kind of approached it uh, for the battery size and stuff like that. So how many batteries, how many solar panels or watts? Um, maybe any um, specifics there? Yeah, I mean, uh, so we have um, 10 balance uh I think 27, uh, 20, U27, uh, 24XP. So it's a long name for 24 volt batteries, uh, lithium batteries. Um, they're, 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 each battery is about like uh, 19, uh, 1.9 kilowatt hours. Uh, and we have 10 of those. So roughly the, the propulsion bank is roughly oh, wow. 19 kilowatt total. And then uh, the same batteries is used for, we have two of those batteries for the house. 
So you, uh, that's how it's set up. And uh, those batteries are quite sophisticated batteries. So you can, if you're, you're into any of the battery tech today, you'll, you'll know you can buy um, for electronics. It's kind of interesting if you look at cars versus boats, you can get for boats. So in cars, you know, like the Teslas buy, you know, can get a one, $130 per kilowatt on the best you can get the cheapest battery that's lithium, that's trustworthy. It's probably like $350 per kilowatt. And really that's like the low end batteries without any technology. And the batteries like ours on our boat, it's more like, you know, like over a thousand dollars per kilowatt. So you can see the difference. This is tenfold, yeah. ten, 10 times difference between a Tesla cost and what it is for marine cost for our boat. Um, and so uh, yeah, it's super challenging uh, for our people to adopt to think of that kind of like cost, uh, cost for batteries and stuff like that. And, and the and technology is changing too. And so it's, it's yeah. hard for people to keep up and the companies don't always stay in business. Like the, even the balance, for instance, in the time we've owned it, they've gone through three ownership changes, you know? So you never know what happens to all these companies, uh, you know, especially such small, they're small volume niche companies, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it seems like batteries weren't a problem. What about your solar panels? Uh, in regards to solar panels, we, uh, we have essentially 12, uh, and I would arguably we can could have done more, but you know it's basically a function of how efficient it is on your rooftop yeah. on your boat. And so uh, for us, we could I think naturally fit uh, twelve panels so that we have something like just level over one point two kilowatt solar array, um, and they're pretty effective solar arrays. I mean, I measured they actually we've had times where they exceeded ratings on them, so they're pretty good solar and they're Sobian. I think 104 SPs or something like that. Um, and so they're really, they're good, good solar panels. Uh, for us, that was sufficient. I mean, we, I think we kind of proved that last year in Greece, kind of our official, you know, third season, but like really a second proper season. And, um, and you know, we essentially, we could achieve like charging our full propulsion in four to five days, just with that amount of solar. And so you can imagine if every four or five days you can travel 10 to 15 nautical miles, you know, it's, it's kind of free energy. Uh, and so, you know, how many boats, diesel boats can refill on the water mm -hmm. from the sun? <laughs> you know? Especially so the cost was, of diesel today, for sure. Yeah, especially the cost of diesel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. So that's kind of like when, when I think people, you know, people always trade, when they talk about trade-offs with electric, they, I think they always, most people, and then rightfully so, talk about safety. And we just kind of uh, overemphasize, which I think is like 90% case, which is, you know, we're not in danger, you're living a life. What is that experience like? And that experience has definitely helped with solar and electric systems. And so like free fuel essentially coming in your way just from the sun is phenomenal. It's like it's a dream really, especially mm -hmm. if you're going to be stuck in, in, the, in the, you know, South Pacific somewhere with, you know, <laughs> zombie yeah. apocalypse you need energy <laughs> and you get around you can do it you know yeah yeah um how about so for the uh the, the um, electrical motors like were you getting any regeneration as well from those you know um i think we did a blog or at least did, uh or wrote up about it but uh in general yeah we, we do get regeneration the 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 regeneration from ours is you know since they were built that kind of the original model there's the new servo models these days uh but the the ones that we have are basically the the, the props are folding props and they spin the props open to regenerate and we do we've we regenerate on them it's most effective when you're around 10 knots nautical miles boat speed 
And, you know, you can get, I don't know, it varies. I, I can't remember exactly the numbers. Uh, I want to say like 300 watts per motor or something like that. Uh, so it's modest. Uh, I think if you get above, well above that, you can get up to a kilowatt per motor. And I don't know exactly what OceanVolt says is the actual top end of that. Um, and I know people, I've seen videos on YouTube back in the day that, um, that people were able to get over a kilowatt per motor. But they're pretty going, you know, it's like 14, 15 knot boat speed or something. Okay. It's exponential. The faster you go, the more generating this exponential curve up for energy mm-hmm. generation. Mm-hmm. Um, we never had any problems. I saw the, your questions list about like vibrations. I think it's how uh, it's basically, you know, of course, there's a resonant frequency that'll happen when the prop spins, but it's probably likely or similar to your, your resonant frequencies for, for throttling. So we don't have we don't have any of those points where the boat vibrates from the throttles. Mm-hmm. So and we have never had this exact same problem on uh, regeneration as well. But again, our modest regenerate regeneration has been modest, and um, but it's also how you install, and it's, it's very particular to a boat if that if that's a problem. We just never had that as a problem. Mm-hmm. Cool. How about the diesel part? So the the generator, like how did you decide to uh, what specs, and and how did you make that decision? I, to be fair on that one, there's not much a decision. It was kind of like uh, for it's it's a function of uh, size of boats, you know, weight you can carry. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all these things, right? That actually constrains you more than you, your desired target. Um, so you know, uh, I think some people argue 15 kilowatts is essentially 20 horsepower. Uh, that means I mean, in depletion of the battery scenario, we're down to 20 horsepower, and I think. For us, that works out okay. I hadn't you know, felt in a scenario yet where we needed a lot more than 20 horsepower. Um, and so for our use cases, it's been okay. I'm sure some people will argue that for safety scenarios, you might want more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's when the, the battery's depleted. When the batteries aren't depleted, you get 40, uh, 40 horsepower. So it's essentially uh, 215 kilowatt uh, motor drives. And, and you're so, on a light boat, uh, just to be clear. You're on a you're on a super yeah. Boat. We're on a lighter boat, yeah. Um, although it's pretty weighted now because of all the stuff we have on it. But yeah, I mean, Elabot shoes. Nine half tons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is why we talk about bigger boats because at the end of the day, you, what you find it is like you carry a lot more things than you you expect to carry. So maybe she followed um, my advice and bought an instant pot too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad so she did it. What was the weight uh, just for information purposes, like the uh, light displacements and kind of heavy? Yeah, it's like around nine, around nine ton, nine, nine, nine half ton. We didn't have exact numbers. The scale, uh, scale and the water line was like, I think some low above nine ton. Uh, yeah, super uh, light. Lightweight. Yeah. Mm. But like, you know, yeah, it's heavy now though. So <laughs> well, it's well over, well over 11 and a half tons. Uh, I'm pretty sure now. we have two tons plus on it. So which is getting to the maximum of yeah, I, I think I've kind of decided people need like three tons. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to figure out what we have on there that added so it much so weight. Much, yeah. I don't know. It's like the multitude of millions small things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's amazing how every little thing adds up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just give some numbers when you had to um, to move your boat on the generator, like you know, what was, what was the happy medium you chose like, uh, between, you know, uh, speed and, and, um, kind of, um, diesel consumption based on the tank size you had. And yeah, it's, um, I mean, that's, a that's, that goes back to how you want to use the boat. 
yeah. uh, mm-hmm. answer. Um, so, you know, I think when we initially looked at the specs and everything, we could with diesel fuel and uh, just diesel fuel without any regeneration in our battery, one time charge, we would get a range of like 600, 700 nautical miles, uh, which I think is substantial. I mean, yeah. uh, you can third away across the Atlantic. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. both for us, like this is why that I think for when I try to answer this question, Propulsion isn't the biggest thing for us. Like the propulsion is actually the thing that we want to use the least. Right. And so I think if you have a sailboat, you're not sailing most of the time. It's kind of like uh, you. you the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I think we our efforts been. You've seen us bobbling around on you know on passages that you know even like three or four knots in the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're willing to do that for for a long period of time, where I think lots of, a lot of people aren't. Um, and so that's how we live. Uh, but, you know, so with 700 monocle mile range with your diesel, that's sufficient. It rivals, I think, any boat that you can buy. Um, of course, with that said, you know, we have much different top speeds, especially our weight, our boat now being above 11 and a half tons, that, you know, our boat speed is in terrific under mode. And so, uh, you know, our top boat speed is probably between seven to eight nautical miles. That's like our, our top boat speed today. And we cruise usually between three to five. And so it's quite a modest cruising speed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and three to five, actually, you probably can get more than 700 nautical miles. Um, that's, that was calculated based on more like, you know, six to seven knots. Um, so you can probably get a thousand nautical miles and a modest cruising rate, which is what we generally do in like, in terms of like fuel consumption, it's like example, in two seasons, we, in two proper seasons, we actually three seasons, uh, all three seasons, it's only like a little bit below 3,000 3, nautical miles, like maybe 2,800 nautical miles or something. We spent probably like five, 600, less than 600 liters of fuel. Um, so that's three seasons, all our energy on board, cruising around in the summertime, uh, and, you know, just kind of live. And so it's very, like, we live modestly on fuel. We're not zero. Um and actually, last year was the most because with you guys, <laughs> we, we used the most fuel. Uh, but uh, but generally, we, we can be we can be very like miserly with our fuel, and we can pretty much. I, I would say we probably do three three hundred liters in multiple years that we really had to not um, not uh, you know uh, refuel. Our, our fuel tank is about three hundred fifty liters, so cool. roughly one fuel tank for hopefully several years. You could do it if you wanted to. Hmm. So, um, you know, now that you've done this, like what lessons have you learned? I know you're thinking about a new boat. Um, of course, yeah. What le- cuz we all do that, right? Like <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, some say the best boat you is the boat you have. And, yeah. And somehow it's like the best boat is the one you're like don't have. <laughs> yeah. looking at. But, <laughs> and and thanks to your um support and encouragement, um we, we are <laughs> We've made a change, but um, so just in terms of the lessons you learned and what you would apply to a new boat, you know, yeah. maybe you can yeah. help us understand that. Uh, I think I think uh, we would do it again. As a matter of fact, I think when we had you know, we gone on this journey a little bit with Ocean Bowl, I think we had reached out at the same time as you guys and. And we even slightly touched base with them on electric. And we, at the same time, also reached out to several other companies on building another boat that was around 50 something meters, or feet, sorry, not meters, 50 something feet. Uh, yeah, much bigger, much bigger boat. Uh, 
And it was uh, discussion is always on well, how can you retrofit an electric system, propulsion system into the boat. So I think that regeneration is uh, kind of uh, uh, regeneration and, and fueling through solar was, was kind of phenomenal for us. But we also, I think, what we we learned. So we definitely do it again. What we learned is, you know, it'd be nice if we could have a little more power, just in case. And I think it's just. Not necessarily for our use case, but I think just in general to comfort, like if we had to go resell the boat or the people who buy it next would be more comforted by it. Because I think there's there's a mindset people who approach sailing or motoring long time, like this size boat needs this kind of watt horsepower. And I think just for resell, we would just probably tweak it a little bit. But it'll be, it would be a function of safety too. Maybe like the 0.01% safety scenario, but it would be an added... 0.1% safety thing for us as well. But yeah, I remember reasons. when the first Teslas came out, there was an actual condition called range anxiety. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. No one has it. People would but... keep bikes in their in their trunk or their hood, actually, <laughs> like in the front. Uh, <laughs> because people were really worried about, about range. Yeah. And yeah. it ended up sort of, you know, as people started to use it and started to understand, you know, how yeah. to maximize. That 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 has sort of gone away, but it seems like maybe that might be happening on boats still. Yeah, it definitely still happens in boats because yes. we're you know in the process also of trying to sell our boats. We get a lot of those questions, but so we even know that is not it's a realistic thing for people. Uh, the funny things for me is like you think about sailing, like people have done this for a thousand years without motors, without motors, and get anywhere yeah. <laughs> without motors at all, like nothing. And yeah. so that's kind of our philosophy. You should be able to sail. You really you need to, you can sail into anchor. You can sell out of a marina. You could, most marinas won't allow you to do that. Um, so everything's possible um, without a motor. And so the, 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 not everything, but a lot of things is possible, are possible without motors. And so I think it's just like one of those things where we would, we up the power, especially since we're getting a bigger boat, we would get a bigger boat. And the solution that we have today wouldn't really be, I think, tenable for the most part for a larger, much larger boat size. Mm-hmm. And you did um, a transpack so, without an engine, right? Yeah, I mean, when you're racing, you're not, <laughs> if you're there's not no wind, you just wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you're racing, you can't yes. use the motors at all. I mean, yeah. People, yeah, the fastest yachts around the world sailing are like, you know, without motors. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's just funny because people's minds, you know, I think also it's not really about safety. I think it really comes down to when I drilling with people is that they're really talking about like they just want a motor they usually um, want a motor and they want a motor as fast as they can from point a to point b yeah when they're sitting the holiday on holiday it really works that's how it comes down it's not like i'm stuck on a channel currents like five knots going the opposite direction i'm fighting up, up like that's not really that scenario it's really mm-hmm. i want to get point a to point b it's vacation it's, mode like i have yeah, this exactly. time i want to get yeah. that versus cruising mode which is yeah well, exactly yeah. unless you have family on board or something and you want to make sure exactly having a good time exactly not everybody yeah. might yeah. change their philosophy on board and and so that's right that's exactly it i think the most people and if you drill down, they'll they'll cite other things, but when you drill, drill in, it's always that I can I motor. And to be fair, if you look at even the only the three seasons we sailed in the med here, you know, most people don't have their sails up. Like you look on the horizon of sailboats, most people are just motoring. And so, you know, maybe motor yachts <laughs> the answer. That's I don't the know. Thing. You know, I think there's a real market for that <laughs> in terms of how people want to sail, right? Um yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a romantic to imagine sailboat, but most people don't actually embrace that romance. <laughs> so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, uh, I think that's one thing we do is we up the engine power just because the boat's larger and we will know we'll need it for some scenarios like passing through channels and that kind of stuff. 
for a larger yacht. And then How I think- How large are you thinking about? Uh, well, for us, we, you guys kind of know, you guys kind of know, but between 50 to 55 feet. But just mainly, I think when we thought about what we want to do now after like three years on the boat is that we just want to carry more toys. And so, you know, our, our performance, 45 foot performance catamaran can't carry that much weight. You know, you're over, over two and a half tons of extra weight on the boat. It's already weighing it down too much. And so I think it's just, uh, it's just, you just need kind of a bigger boat. And this is again, back to what you're going to use your boat for, right? And so you just got to really answer that question before you buy a boat. And this is one where we just didn't know well enough until we, we lived it. And now we just kind of know we need a little bigger boat. It does take away from one of our challenges, which is we wanted a four to five foot because I think it's, we believe, and I think it's still true, it's easier to manage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I think just to, if you're going to circumnavigate and be not in the marina most of the time, that a larger yacht is probably a little better. You're not dealing with so much of that, like uh, challenges of getting a marina with a larger boat and need more crew. So anchoring is quite easy. So um, mm -hmm. another big deal. Bella, what about you? What, how did you, how did you find the usage and what did you learn or, or how would you think about, you know, doing something differently? Eat a lot of salad. Who wants to I mean, I find myself looking at uh, wattage more than I ever did in my life, but, but it's, it's, I think it becomes a fun challenge in, on when you're on the water and think about what, what can you make so that is more energy efficient? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's something to, it's, it becomes a game for us does, sometimes. Yeah, we and, actually kind of like when you're bored on and the then, And then I think about, oh, I, instead of cooking rice, I can just eat salad and make yeah. something else that takes 15 minutes to cook versus half an hour to cook. So, I don't know. Your cooking's phenomenal. So <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And then and then it's it's not really that difficult. And and I honestly I don't think we have that much stuff, mm -hmm. but the fact that the boat is heavier partly also because we expect it to circumnavigate. So we end up getting a lot of boat parts. Yeah. And boat parts is like a lot of kilos. I think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything is a spare. Everything, everything is you know stored away. So, so I think again, what you said is true. You have to think about your where you're going, how much you want to carry, and how much comfort you want to have. Yeah. So I think for the most part, we're very comfortable. Yeah, we're very comfortable. And and you you know you anchor out there, get some wind. It's it's very easy going. It's, it's not like we need AC or anything. Yeah, yeah. it's actually quite interesting because, uh, um, you know, we're we, like, we make it a game to manage our energy uses. So actually in the, in the seasons, the three seasons, we never use our AC uh, anchor. So uh, uh, during, the, during the season. And part of that is we may be able to manage without it. And, uh, but also because we're thinking about how to keep our energy uses really low. Yeah. So we do stuff like that. Um, yeah. So so it's kind of nice. And we do, we also play a game where we call it solar sailing, like the term that now. So <laughs> basically because you're on a sailboat, and our, our solar is on top of our, 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 uh, our, our boat. And so we got to move the sail sometimes around. If you're anchor, you can move the boom around to get that more exposure to the sun. So we always like literally it jumps. So you can, you get like, you know, from 300 watts to like a thousand some plus yes. watts just by moving the, Boom around so there's no over no shadows and stuff especially like between ten to two o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you just gotta tweak it every so often. You generate so much power. So there's a lot. You can you can make it a fun game and do that kind of stuff. And you can at the end of the day, you, you know, with you know, you can instead of like a thousand watts generated, 
uh, you can generate, you can have like 4,000 or 5,000, 6,000 watts generated by doing that. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it makes a big difference. Yeah, cool. It's kind of interesting what you're saying because, like, I see from a racing point of view, like they they, they build boats for specific races. You know, if it's around, yeah. if it's like a transatlantic, they study like the wind and so forth. And and it's and you know the philosophy, like I guess all new cruisers, you want to buy the one boat that's going to do your own your whole yeah. project. But now that yeah. I look at it, it's like if you're going to spend like four or five years in the med because that's one area that you want to focus on. It, and it's hard to tell, like you need to buy different boats, but it's like maybe you focus <laughs> on one type of boat that's going to fit, you know, more of the coastal sailing that's going to happen. And then, you know, when when you're ready to leave the med, then, you know, maybe that's a different type of boat. And, you know, that's... Uh, Especially because the med conditions, like it's like not enough or too much, you know? So, so. specific. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then you end up doing a lot of coastal cruising and like, you know, hopping, and, yeah. you know, just from one island to the other. I mean, except obviously yeah. sometimes, but mostly that's what you're doing. And yeah. So, so there's yeah. a lot of people looking at other boats. Um, what advice would you have, you know, if someone was really interested in an electric boat, you know, or what questions would you want them to ask, you know, the boat manufacturer. Yeah, because you see a lot of, I mean, we don't more follow more. it very closely, but it seems like there is a trend right now. Everybody, every boat manufacturer yeah. wants to, to show that they have some kind of electric version or they want to show that they are like as green as they can get in the fabrication what you were talking about. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know if you're following all the... the some of the boats, yeah. Some of the boats and, and what do you see and, and if people go talk to those um, boat manufacturers there, what really pay, to pay attention to? Well, uh, it's kind of interesting because we actually get people sent our way to answer questions for them, which is ah. kind of interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the I guess I, I, I'm, I'm excited... Uh, that more boat builders are considering that the more that people are considering putting into their boats uh, will drive like the battery cost down and they'll drive manufacturing of larger, like for instance, the ocean boat system has been 15 uh, kilowatt motors for like forever since, you know, since we looked at it six, seven years ago. So they had, I think next year they're going to produce, start producing larger motors, for instance, so I think the more people adopt it, uh, the more innovation will happen, the more production will happen, the cost will dry down, and the more adoption of all these things. So I would say to the people who are doing it now or considering or passionate about do it, you're our early adopters. We're early, really early adopters, mm-hmm. and they're going to be early adopters. But I think it's worth it if they're passionate about environmental being, creating this movement, spearheading this movement, energizing this movement. I think it's worth while investment. And you know, if we're any if we're any indication, you can live very comfortably on a boat uh, with an electric boat. And so yes, there'll be some drawbacks, um, and uh, yes, you know, you're going to be like the, the the guy might have to solve some of the problems for future users. But you know, it's, you're going to have a very, very comfortable life, and you're going to probably live the dream that you wanted to have in terms of an electric boat, environmentally green solution, and maybe hopefully sailing around the world. So I think go for it. Um, what questions would I, I ask producers? I think it just in, in everything in the yachting industry, I think it's kind of a good rule of thumb just to stick with the, the larger manufacturers that have proven. And actually, I would even say even the larger manufacturers, you know, pay attention to you know if their solution has been around for a bit. You know, yeah. new solutions are just coming out. It's going to have some problems. You know. Um, 
the server motors from Oceanvolt was like a prime example of that. It was some overheating problems, some energy regeneration problems. And so I don't know if they fully worked out all the, the challenges. We don't own one, but uh, anything new is always like, uh, you know, potentially could have that kind of issues. Um, but yeah, I think don't, don't, don't let that scare you away and uh, embrace it a little bit. Maybe they, you're going you're gonna to be the helping. You get, you get to know these people really well. Mm-hmm. Boat builders, the the producers of like components, like you get to know them at a personal level. Sometimes that's actually really nice, and so you don't necessarily always get that when you buy the Volvo diesel thing. And that I guarantee you that breaks down probably more like more more often than our electric motor and batteries. You know, yeah. There's so many more parts on a mo- diesel motor than there is in an electric system, and so if you consider really like if you talk about safety. And that's more likely a challenge than on electric systems. On the other side, they've been there for decades. So <laughs> the real yeah, yeah, reliability yeah. over time has gotten better. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of more people who are out there that service them, understand, fix them. But yeah. to be fair, like, yeah, they've been around for decades, but like Ocean Volt, like just like in Ocean Volt, Volvo, like just a few years had motor chip, yeah. motor chip problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, that was like, you know, that's been decades. Because uh, it's yeah. such a complicated system, thousands of parts, new, new electronic gear, it's all matching together and have to work. And one of them fails, the whole system falls apart. And electric motor is just an electric motor and the BMS and the battery management system. And pretty batteries. Simple. Batteries yeah. can fail. It's pretty simple. Yeah. And so there's not a thousand parts that can fail on you. And so, of yeah. course, now I said that I have a, we do have a gen set. So they do have some of that problem. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it's a much more simple problem. And to be fair, too, it's, uh, and I think I saw in one of your questions you had, it was like, is it really true that uh, diesel, Genset with the electric propulsion is more efficient than a diesel, pure diesel? And I think the answer is yes, because they actually do use it in like uh, commercial container ships in that configuration, because diesel engines can run at a very optimal rate, most most output, and run the and re- run the generate, uh, gener- generator, um, generator uh, the electric generator, at a very optimal level. So that you're capturing the most energy, whereas like diesel engine, there's all these rev ranges, idling, you lose a lot of power and all that and all that um, uh, process. And so you can, when you're motoring, you can just generate as much power as you can from the generator and then that can store in your battery. You can use that power however you want it, when you need it. So it can be very efficient. That's why we've used solar for low fuel in three years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, do you have any <laughs> other questions? I have a closing question. Um, no, I think uh, I'm just kind of looking. Um, I think we've covered a lot of the questions: um, battery capacity, the generator output, the cruising speed and range. We talked about that. Uh, the fuel tank size, yeah. The the supports you got. I mean, you were like very early adopters, but you said, um, and um, I mean, if somebody goes sail around the world with this an electric system like this, I mean, it's simple, but you have like potentially battery problems or like the electric motors. Getting getting support for you know uh, customer support or like to service those or you know is it something that you think might be still a concern nowadays or or well, I, I think it's a concern. I, I should I should think concern for pretty much all or any you're boat, on a remote any yeah. any boat. Like it really is hard to get parts in some yeah. remote areas. And so I don't know if that's really an electric motor problem, uh, electric solution problem. Uh, here's what I'll say that the chances of electric motor failing is very low. It's a very simple solution uh, solution. You can burn them. So essentially, but that has to be means your your motor controls has to be really poor, which 
slightly unlikely these days. Like it's quite proven now. Most of these are used from like electric cars. And so they're well proven. Uh, so that's the one fail you could have. And it's like, uh, uh, that, that's going to be very, very rare. Like probably like 10 times more rare than a, a, a your Volvo diesel engine dying. And then the batteries. And the batteries are probably the, the highest chance of failure. And it's not going to be failure where it stops working. It will be a failure of your capacity, your capacity starts fading unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. And that'll be your, your biggest problem. And then that is more of like a slow problem. So you can kind of, okay, I better sell more, get to a place where I can look at these barriers in a more serious way and solve that problem. Mm -hmm. um, so I think from that perspective, I feel, I would feel much more comfortable with an electric boat lease R solution in a remote place than mm -hmm. I'd say uh, uh, like a traditional diesel solution. Um, and in terms of working on uh, on the parts, there's really nothing to work on. You got to know how the system works, um, but there's really nothing to work on the solution. There's no maintenance, real no true maintenance in that. So there's not much you can do if it does fail, but it's very rare, I think, that those systems will fail catastrophically mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Okay, so here's the, here's the closing question. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this goes back to some of our conversations in the Ionians. So money, <laughs> money's no object. So you uh -huh. can buy anything you want. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> what kind I think of three billion is what it was. <laughs> what, what, what kind of boat would you uh, would you get? You know, like I think, I think a variation of our boat for circumnavigating would be the answer. Uh, it, it's I would I actually in my mind already have solutions that no one actually has on the market that I would solve some of the problems that we have. I think, for instance, almost all the propulsion systems out there today in the market are, I think, they're, they're, they're good solutions for what they are, but I think they're, they, they're lacking innovation. Um, so, I mean, there's, I think there's better ways to do propulsion that uh, I, I can imagine I would build in my, my own boat. Um, I think the battery solutions on yachts are just very off-the-shelf solutions uh, that I would totally you know, revamp using you know technologies from like the car industry, like these the the management of the the battery management solutions on these massive battery packs in the car industry is just phenomenal. Energy mm -hmm. management, cooling management, uh, everything on it is just really solid, and you don't you don't have to worry as much about battery at that point. I think you worry like it's a whole order more of worry that your battery would fail in current marine solutions compared to car solutions right. today. Right. Still, still reasonably reliable, but like it's a lot worse, you know? Yeah. Um, most of them all guarantee, like most marine batteries guarantee five years, you know, 80%, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But so it's still reasonable, but it's not, not as solid as the car industry. So I would definitely go with that, that route. And then just maybe a larger yacht, uh, you know, really cool, uh, Cameron, really cool shape, much more comfortable, maybe a little bit bigger. Uh, <laughs> Bella's like uh, smiling. <laughs> she must have an answer. <laughs> no, because we already talked about this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. 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 We, that's, I think that's, uh, I mean, just it's a lot similar to our book. We're just like solving some of the problems we see that in solving in a way, a deeper way that than most of the industry is doing today. Because mm -hmm. we come from the space of tech and we can solve these problems and figure these problems out pretty easily. And where they, for some reason in this space, people move quite slowly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you, you could even borrow products from other places and it'd be faster than how these companies are producing products. Yeah, there was some- Yeah, we have, I have a boat in mind already, but- Yeah, there, there, was, there was some YouTube video of a guy going and stripping out a Tesla battery. 
and like yeah, totally. basically building a boat around it. I don't know how it turned out, but um, you know, people yeah, just people do that. Creative, you know. So yeah, cheapest cool. way to get those, those batteries. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for covering with this with us, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to catching up with you guys. And and yeah. so you said you wrote some blogs. If people want to read yeah. more about certain things, where do they go to read those blogs? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we have the, our written blog, which is actually quite out of date, but it's called thebluesaga.com. And then we have a YouTube channel uh, also called The Blue Saga. Uh, actually, we're going to probably do a video related to this topic, but maybe the pitfalls of uh, owning an electric boat. It's kind of like the the things that you may not know about like that are challenging that you might have to deal with. And so mm-hmm. kind of do that video because um, we've done videos on the electric systems and that kind of stuff. So we'll do one for that and then probably a couple more before the, the year's over on just electric systems. Very um, cool. So there's a lot of questions about it. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of questions. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure people will check it out. Sounds you need to build like a consulting service company about... I know. It's <laughs> so it's so weird. It's so I, many there's so many questions I get all the time. Yeah. It's a lot of similar ones. But the funny thing is like about... Four or five years ago, I actually wrote to uh, this co- this boat that was also one of the first electric boats. It's called the Moonway. You've probably seen it. Um, it's a gunboat converted to torpedo solutions. I wrote to them and said, hey, what's your battery? And this is when we are your own system. We're trying to compare. I was like, what's your business system like? And they basically say, we don't talk to you. You can hire us as consultants and uh, you pay us money. I'm like, Really? Well, this is not much of a community there, is there? <laughs> but we've been we've been we've been very open and trying to help people out, um, you know, friends, people we don't know, whatever. We try to help people out with uh, yeah. information that we can provide. It's kind of how it works. So yeah, yeah. for sure. Thanks for that. <laughs> okay, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Okay. Have fun in the U.S. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Bye.